Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Is your freezer basically just an ice machine and an ice cream holder? Or is your freezer that place where well-intentioned leftovers go to die? We are in our third installment of the Reduce Food Waste series, and today we are talking about utilizing your freezer better so that you can save those leftovers and avoid wasting food. Does cooking feel like a struggle more often than you want to admit? Do school lunches get boring after the third week and even cereal for breakfast sometimes feels like too much effort? let alone feeding yourself and your family meals with vegetables they'll actually eat? If you're a busy mama like me, you can probably relate. I'm Chris Dovniak, and welcome to My Healthy Mama Kitchen. I'm a trained chef, culinary nutritionist, and mama of two, and I'm here to guide you in making healthy eating easy and accessible by simplifying your meal plan, demystifying meal prep, taking the stress out of weeknight dinners, and helping you learn to cook your family delicious, nutrient-dense meals along the way, without spending hours in the kitchen or thousands of dollars a month at Whole Foods. In this podcast, I'm here to share my best tips, tools, and hacks for your real-life Healthy Mama kitchen with a side of humor and sometimes a little bit of spice. So grab your favorite apron and let's get cooking. Welcome back to the Healthy Mama Kitchen podcast. Like I mentioned, we are in the third installment of our Reduce Food Waste series. If you missed the first two episodes, the first episode I shared with you five ways you can easily avoid food waste. In the last episode, we talked about repurposing leftovers really intentionally to avoid waste at the end of the week. And today we are talking about utilizing your freezer better because your freezer is so much more than an ice machine and an ice cream holder. It is such a helpful tool because freezing food essentially pauses food in time. I do think that it's a big misconception that putting food in the freezer means that it magically reduces all bacteria from the food. What it does is make any sort of foodborne illness or bacterias, well, for the most part, I'm not saying that's a blanket statement, but for the most part, it makes them go dormant, and so you can keep food that would otherwise go bad longer by putting it in the freezer. Now, like I mentioned in the last episode, it is important that if you put something that's starting to go in the freezer, when you defrost it, you do need to use it right away because that bacteria will not be dormant anymore. But what it does is save you from throwing that food away because you left it in your fridge too long so you can use it in 
the future. And it's also a really great way to store bits and pieces of things that you're not quite sure what to do with in your meals that week so you can use them later. Some of the things that I personally love to freeze and freeze often are food scraps. I always save my food scraps. I make sure to wash off all of my vegetables before I cut them. So I freeze things like pieces of onion, even the peels, pieces of or peels of carrots, of celery, any sort of vegetables that aren't super acidic like peppers or anything from the brassica family like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage. I don't tend to save those in my scrap bag, but everything else I save in a scrap bag. I usually use a stasher bag, which is a silicone bag similar to a Ziploc bag, but it's made of silicone, so it's reusable. I save those scraps and I use them later in homemade stock. Usually I add some chicken bones from a chicken that I've roasted and I make chicken stock or chicken broth and any of the other scraps I save separately and I use them for other purposes. Oftentimes I'll use them in a soup or a stew or a curry. You can go back to the last episode for ideas for repurposing leftovers. This goes for leftovers that are fresh in the fridge or that are frozen. I like to save tomato paste and pesto if I don't use it. I save them in little silicone ice cube trays. I like to save any sort of other canned tomatoes as well. I save them in wide mouth mason jars, but because they do have some liquid in them, I make sure that there's a space at the top. I like to save any sort of pasta sauce that I make. I usually have some sort of pasta sauce, um, marinara sauce specifically, or my veggie meat sauce in my freezer so I can use those whenever we're going to go ahead and make pasta. I also save any vegetables and fruit that are about to go. Oftentimes I use these in smoothies. So I will save bits of bananas and the tops of strawberries, the core of pineapples. You can use all of those things in your smoothies. I'll even save kale stems. Now I do have a high speed blender. I have a Vitamix. So things that are really fibrous like kale stems might not blend in every blender. They do blend in my blender. Um, but any sort of bits of veggies and fruit that might be starting to wilt, but definitely don't freeze anything that's moldy. You want to make sure that anything you freeze, you would eat. It just might not be the right texture for you. It might be a little bit dried out or a little bit mushy. As long as it's still good to eat, you can freeze it and use it in your smoothies or your soups. I also freeze meat, especially meat that is a day or two from expiring. Though if your meat is starting to smell or it's starting to oxidize and you're not comfortable using it fresh, you're not going to be comfortable. You're, it's not going to be any different when you go to defrost it. So just keep that in mind. And then I also freeze broth that I've already made. I like to use plastic freezer containers. I'll link those in the show notes that I buy off of Amazon. I make sure the broth is totally room temperature. Usually I put it in the fridge first and then in the freezer. Make sure there's space at the top so that it doesn't crack the plastic. And if you use a mason jar, I recommend using a wide mouth mason jar and making sure there's that two inches of space at the top so it doesn't crack your mason jar. I have had mason jars crack before in the freezer and mason jars are really sturdy. I will drop them on the floor and oftentimes they don't crack. However, in the freezer, because of the pressure of the liquid expanding when it freezes, 
you got to be careful about using glass in the freezer. One of my favorite tools in the freezer is Super Cubes. I just started using Super Cubes and they are incredible. They are made of silicone so you can freeze individual portions or just a couple of portions in these silicone containers. I've been using silicone ice cube trays to save things like tomato paste and pesto for years, but this way you can save bits of broth, soups, stews, in the portions you want to save them in, and you can pop them out of the cubes once they're frozen, put them in stasher bags, or put them in a Ziploc bag, and keep them in your freezer and defrost them individually when you want to use them. It is an awesome, awesome invention. So those are some of the things that I freeze the most often, other than just your basic frozen veggies, frozen fruit, and meat. I typically do a meat delivery at the beginning of the month, which saves me money on meat. Then I use what's in our freezer the rest of the month. So most of our freezer is usually full of meat and veggies and fruit, but the rest of it is usually full with the other things that I mentioned. The only other thing I forgot to mention is I will oftentimes freeze bread as well, and I'll freeze it pre-sliced, and we'll just take out the individual slices of bread and toast them up from there. So that's another thing that you can freeze, and also breakfast items as well. So oftentimes I will have some sort of oatmeal cups in the freezer. I'll freeze muffins if I make homemade muffins from oat flour or almond flour. So those type of things tend to be in the freezer as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is a good segue into talking a little bit about things you can freeze, things you can't freeze, and freezer safety. So really briefly, let's talk about freezer safety. Remember that your freezer should be set to zero degrees Fahrenheit or negative 18 degrees Celsius or lower. Also, a full freezer retains cold better than an empty one. Whenever you open the door, the frozen food helps to keep in the cold in the freezer so the temperature doesn't go down too rapidly and the freezer won't have to work as hard to cool the empty space. But also make sure you don't jam pack the freezer or block the freezing elements in the back because the air does need to circulate. So you want an almost full freezer for best results. We're going to talk more about storing food well in the next episode, but it's important to know, too, that you want to make sure that your meat or your ice cream, anything you want to keep really cold, is in the main part of your freezer and not on the door, because when you do open the door, the door is the warmest part of the freezer, just like the door is the warmest part of the fridge, why you don't want to keep things like dairy on the door of the fridge. You want to make sure anything you need really cold is towards the back of the freezer and not on the door. So let's talk about what you can and what you can't freeze. And then I'll give you some tips on actually freezing food that's hot, freezing food that is cold. And then we'll talk a little bit about defrosting food because that's a question that I get asked often. So number one, what can you freeze? So you can freeze raw or cooked meat and poultry. You can freeze marinated meat, raw or cooked again. You can freeze raw berries, 
raw bananas, raw stone fruit. So like your peaches, your nectarines, your plums. You can freeze any of those raw. Raw pineapple, raw mango. You can freeze avocados, though I do recommend taking them out of the peel and taking the pit out of them. They're not going to work for guacamole as well, but they will work for smoothies. You can freeze raw or cooked corn, raw or cooked peas, vegetable scraps like I mentioned for broth. You can freeze cooked vegetables. You can freeze hard or shredded cheese. You don't want to freeze softer cheeses like goat cheese or feta. We'll talk about that in a minute. You can freeze butter. You can freeze broth, but again, any liquids, you want to make sure there's at least two inches of space at the top of the container you're using, and I recommend using a wide mouth container to avoid the container breaking. You can freeze soup. You can freeze chili. You can freeze sauces, casseroles. You can freeze herbs in a couple of different ways. You can freeze straight up leafy herbs like parsley and cilantro to use in broth, or you can defrost them and use them in pesto, but they will change consistency. What I recommend doing is turning them into a pesto when they're starting to go and then freezing that pesto into cubes, and then you can use those individual portions of pesto whenever you need it. You can add the frozen cubes to hot pasta, and you've got a sauce pretty much instantly. You can also chop up your herbs and add them to a silicone ice cube tray and cover them with oil. And then you have a little herb cube in there as well. You can do the same thing with garlic or ginger that's been minced as well. You can also just freeze straight up thyme or rosemary in a bag or a stasher bag, and you can put those directly in any sort of soups, stews, or sauces. They'll work just like new. You can freeze tomato paste. Like I mentioned previously, I like to freeze tomato paste in silicone ice cube trays. You can let it freeze in there, pop the cubes out, and then put them into plastic or silicone bags. You can freeze chocolate. Chocolate freezes pretty well. You can just defrost it and enjoy it from there. You can freeze nuts and seeds. Actually, nuts and seeds store better in the freezer, especially if they're ground. So ground flax, ground chia, and almond flour should all be stored in the freezer. And finally, you can freeze cooked eggs. So you can freeze frittatas, quiches, egg cups, and breakfast burritos, but you do not want to freeze raw eggs. So that brings us to what can't you freeze? So any of your super water-rich vegetables aren't recommended for freezing unless you're going to use it in certain purposes. Like you don't want to freeze celery and then expect to chomp on it as a snack, but you can chop up your celery and freeze it and use it in a soup. You can't freeze cucumber. I mean, you can, but it does not turn out well. I do freeze it and use it in smoothies, and I do not notice a difference. Don't freeze raw potatoes. It's not going to work. Now, cooked or fried potatoes like your Potato fries or your hash browns, obviously you can freeze those, but raw potatoes do not work well. Lettuce and leafy greens don't freeze well unless you're adding them to a soup or a smoothie, then have at it. Raw tomatoes don't freeze well unless you're cooking them, like cooking them into some sort of a sauce. Those work really well. Peppers don't freeze super well, again, unless you're cooking them because they do get, uh, The texture gets kind of funky, so you can slice them up and freeze them and then use them in like a frittata or in a peppers and onions type situation. So maybe fajitas, if you're roasting them up, they will work that way. But many of these water-rich vegetables, they don't defrost the same way as they are fresh. 
So other things you can't freeze, radishes, cabbage, basil, citrus fruit doesn't freeze really well either. Um, Melon, like watermelon and cantaloupe, you can freeze to use in smoothies. But again, they don't freeze or they don't defrost like fresh. Don't freeze apples unless you're going to use them in pie. And everything else you can basically freeze and you're pretty much good to go when it comes to produce. Other things you shouldn't freeze are mayonnaise, sour cream, yogurt. Now, the sour cream and yogurt, you can freeze and use them in baking purposes, but the texture will change. It's not going to be like the yogurt that you would normally eat off the store shelf. Milk you can freeze. It might change the texture a little bit, though. So if you're wanting to drink that milk, I don't recommend freezing it. Same thing with cottage cheese, ricotta cheese, and cream cheese. You can freeze them if you are using them for cooking purposes, but they're not going to be the same as before they were frozen. Hard-boiled eggs or raw eggs, like I mentioned, you don't want to freeze. Um, Cooked pasta, there's some debate with cooked pasta. I will freeze cooked pasta and use it in soup. I put the frozen pasta that's already been cooked directly into the soup, and I find it fine, but frozen pasta that you just add to a pan and try and reheat it like pasta, I don't find it works very well. Same thing with rice. You can freeze rice, but it doesn't have the same texture when it defrosts. So typically, I will use that in a soup, stew, or a casserole if I do freeze that. And anytime I'm freezing any sort of cooked ingredients, and we'll talk about this in just a second, how to do it, but I like to freeze anything like that, like your pasta or your grains or your cooked vegetables. I like to freeze them flat and then put them into a bag. This is better for storage. And then they also don't clump together like they might otherwise. And lastly, cream-based sauces typically do not freeze well. I've frozen any sort of like soups or stews that might have a little bit of cream in them, and they've turned out fine for me. But a fully cream-based sauce like an Alfredo usually splits when you try and reheat it. All right, let's talk tips on freezing hot food. Now, the first and most important thing is that you want to cool any hot food first. You have to cool hot food first It needs to be at least room temperature. You will be putting that food and everything else in your freezer in the danger zone, which is the zone in which bacteria grows most readily, if you try and put warm food in the freezer. So if you learn only one thing from this episode, please don't do that. (laughs) Remove any air as or as much air as possible from whatever container you're using, whether it's a plastic bag or another container. Remove as much air as possible. This can cause freezer burn. If there's air in any sort of container, the more air that gets in there can cause that freezer burn. And freezer burn isn't dangerous, but it will affect the quality of the food. I mentioned this before, but if you're using a jar or any sort of item with liquid in it, make sure there's two inches of space from the top. This is your exception to the removing as much air as possible rule. This is why I prefer any sort of wide mouth jars to freeze anything with liquid because liquid expands when it's frozen. I mentioned before, but freezing flat is really helpful for storage and keeping foods longer, and it avoids foods from clumping together. So I will freeze on sheet trays or something like pasta or rice that's been cooled. I'll put it into a Ziploc bag or a stasher bag, seal it up, like remove as much of the air as possible, freeze it on a sheet tray, and then take the sheet tray out and just stack the frozen items from there. 
And it's also helpful to freeze in the portions that you want to use it in because refreezing is typically not a good idea as a general rule of thumb. So if you've defrosted something, do not refreeze it. So freeze in the portions you want to use it in. It's not safe to remove a whole casserole, defrost the whole thing, take half of it out, and then refreeze it. You will probably end up with freezer burn. The rest of it won't taste good. And then you avoid putting that food in the bacteria danger zone as well. So those are your basic rules of thumb when it comes to freezing hot food. Make sure that it is cool. Make sure there's as little air in the container unless you are freezing something with liquid. Make sure there's two inches from the top. Freeze flat for storage purposes and to avoid clumping and freeze in the portions you want to use it in. When it comes to freezing fresh food, make sure that any fresh food you're freezing, you're washing and patting very dry. Liquid is also going to cause freezer burn. Cut into the size pieces that you want to use because cutting frozen foods is difficult. Use a sheet pan to freeze things like vegetables and fruit flat, like I mentioned, and spread them out to avoid sticking, and then you can transfer to a bag or a container. Same as freezing hot food, you want to remove as much air from the container as possible, and then utilize silicone ice cube trays for small amounts of things like pesto and tomato paste or those herbs like I mentioned. And then once they're frozen, you can remove and put them in a bag to reuse that silicone container to freeze more items. And then lastly, let's talk about defrosting food safely because this is important too when it comes to the conversation of freezing foods better to avoid food waste. You don't want to be defrosting food and then not able to use the food that you defrost. So when you thaw any frozen food, it's really important that you plan ahead as much as possible Thawing in the refrigerator is always going to be the safest way to defrost because it's going to remain at a constant temperature. You want your fridge at 40 degrees or below. There are only three safe ways to thaw food. In the refrigerator, in cold water, cold water, not hot, and in the microwave. Foods that are thawed using cold water or in the microwave should be cooked right away. So as soon as they're thawed, cook them immediately because they've been in that danger zone longer. You can refreeze food if it is still partially frozen. But like I mentioned before, once your food is thawed, it's thawed, you got to use it up. Don't refreeze reheated food. It's not safe. So as a general rule of thumb, try and defrost in the refrigerator when you can Typically, what I try and do is whenever I do my meal plan on Sunday, when I do my meal prep, that's when I defrost all of my meat. Now, if I have something planned for Friday, I might not defrost that meat then, but anything Sunday through Thursday, I will defrost right then. I have a little container from the container store. Actually, I think it might be from Target, but I have a little container that I put my meat in to keep in a safe place in the fridge so that it's all defrosted and ready to go for me to use throughout the week. So I don't forget to defrost anything because it's really easy to forget to defrost it. You can set an alarm on your phone to remember to defrost something. I do that all the time. Um, But it is important to remember defrost in the fridge or in cold water. Keep it in the package that it was originally in. So if it's meat or shrimp or something like that, defrost in cold water. I do do that often with meat if I forget. But I always use cold water. I personally don't like defrosting in the microwave because it doesn't defrost evenly, and it's it's risky. Even with the defrost setting, sometimes part of it will be warm and part of it will be still frozen. I'm not a huge fan of defrosting in the microwave personally, though it is one of the three ways that 
is safe to defrost, I prefer in the refrigerator or in cold water in my culinary experience. So let's recap a bit in talking about utilizing your freezer better. Your freezer is so much more than an ice machine and an ice cream holder. I give you so many ideas of things that you can freeze, not just leftovers, though you can freeze leftovers, and I told you how to do it. I taught you what you can freeze, what you can't freeze, tips on freezing hot food, tips on freezing fresh food, and how to defrost safely. Now I want you to go ahead and use your freezer like the tool that it is to pause your food in time and avoid food waste at the end of the week or whatever time you put things in your freezer. Start using your freezer better. This is one of the best ways that you can save money on food and avoid food waste. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you haven't yet subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, please subscribe so you don't miss the next in the series. Next week, we are going to talk all about how to store food better so it lasts longer outside of just using your freezer, though using your freezer we know is a great way to store food so it lasts longer. We're going to talk about food storage next week in the fourth installment in our food waste series. So catch me in the next episode. Until then, I would love to connect with you over on social media. I am most active on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. Or to connect with me more directly, get weekly meal inspiration, meal plans, grocery lists, and meal prep tips, join us in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. It starts at just $3 a month and your first week is free. So head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris to join us over there. Until next time, go free something this week. Thank you for listening to Mommy's Podcast. Friend, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you love to listen to podcasts so you never miss a cooking tip. If you've been loving this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly makes a difference in how many other busy cooks find this show and lets me know what you're loving and want to hear more of. For show notes and links to all the recipes and tools I mention, head to HealthyMamaChris.com slash podcast. For daily eats, cooking tips, and family-friendly shortcut dinner ideas, be sure to follow along over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. Remember, cooking for your family may not always feel easy, but it can be simple.